Today is 25 September. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Just who is the enemy? That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, before we get into our Israel news, we have a hurricane, Hurricane Ian, coming into the Florida area for the past three days. It's been, uh, you know, planned that it would land right in Sarasota in this area, and that's probably no longer the case. It looks like it's going to go up towards the north and maybe into the uh, uh, Panhandle area. We should get some great waves for surfing, so if any of you have your boards, get ready and we can go out and go surfing, because when they pass by, they really pump in great waves. Um, one of my friends who moved here not too long ago, I told him this morning early that it looks like we're not going to get hit by this uh, this hurricane, and he said, oh man, that's too bad, because he wants to buy a house and he says, what we need to do is we need to clean out all the riffraff and they'll move away from here. And then um, all the uh, newbies, he said, and then from there, we'll be able to buy a nice cheap house. And this is a guy that's literally fresh off the boat. So, I mean, you want to get rid of newbies, you got to go considering yourself as well. I won't say who I'm talking about, but he's here somewhere. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, okay, we got some news from Israel here from the uh, foreign desk. Former coach claims Iran overfed wrestler to avoid Israeli opponent. Okay, they've been doing this kind of stuff for years. They refuse to face Israel in any boxing or in any wrestling or any close contact matches. And I think the reason why is because they know that if they lose, that is the biggest disgrace on the planet. It's not that they don't want to touch the Jew. It's that they don't want to lose to the Jew. And so there you go. This is every time this happens, I bring it up. It's almost a comedy at this point. From the Times of Israel, uh, Nidus says the Biden administration is taking Abraham Accords from startup to real operation. The arrogance of this administration never ends. Donald Trump did amazing things getting the Abraham Accords going. They've been running perfectly without the Biden administration putting their finger in the pie at all. But now they're saying that they're moving it from a, this mere little startup into some important thing. They just, they're, they're vile. Okay, yes. Al Jemainer. The state of Palestine is just a stepping stone to the destruction of Israel. Okay, you would think that this would be something you wouldn't be hearing anymore, but the uh, Palestinian Authority and Hamas they refuse to recognize Israel. So here we go. While the international community would often like to believe that forcing Israel to relinquish Judea, Samaria, and Eastern Jerusalem will bring about the long-awaited Israeli-Palestinian peace, the truth is that the Palestinian Authority leadership is not interested in peace with Israel. Rather, they actively seek Israel's destruction. The Palestinian Authority, the PLO, and the Palestinian leadership constantly claim that Israel has no right to exist. This isn't something that is kind of hidden in the back door meetings. This is something they openly proclaim. These claims are reinforced by repetitive messaging and thousands of maps of Palestine that erase any recognition of Israel's existence. It is the Palestinian leadership's refusal to accept the existence of Israel in any borders that has brought the Palestinians to repeatedly reject every Israeli offer to secure a long-term peace. 
Those offers included the 2008 offer of then-Israeli Prime Minister Omert to create a Palestinian state on an area larger than the combined areas of Gaza, Judea, Samaria, and eastern Jerusalem prior to 1967. To understand the Palestinian position, it is important to appreciate that this reality is not a passing phase, but rather has been official Palestinian policy for decades. Okay? While the Palestinian leadership takes great pains to conceal its true goals, occasionally the truth slips out. Abbas was recently criticized for having put too much faith in the U.S. administrations. Deflecting the criticism, Fatah Revolutionary Council member and regular columnist for the official Palestinian Authority Daily, a guy named Muwafak Matar, came to Abbas's defense. According to Matar, if the Palestinians were to read the speeches of Abbas, they would realize that his goal is to free every inch of the Palestinian land, including all of Israel, through the policy of stages, a reference to the PLO's 10-point program, or stages program. The first is on the ground, on the land of Palestine, through peaceful, popular resistance with all its meanings, demands, and methods. The second is the legal, political, and diplomatic path in the international forums, which will establish Palestine on the world map geographically and will establish it in international law. The long-term vision is to wrest the Palestinian people's historical and natural right from the colonist states, which committed the worst crime in the history of humanity, establishing their front base, meaning Israel. We are fighting to wrest free and liberate every inch of our land from the colonist states' proxy, meaning Israel, through the policy of stages as the oppressive colonist states, which committed the worst crime against humanity in modern history, stole the Palestinian people's historical and natural right in stages. That was from July of 2022. So it's just in the past couple months that they're still putting this out. Adopted by the PLO's governing body, the 10-point program or stages program is not only still relevant today, but still seen as the guiding ideology of Abbas and the PLO that together dominate the Palestinian Authority. From the Times of Israel, this is something kind of comical. I hope that you'll enjoy thinking about it. Fake toes for sale. Now, these Hasidic Jews, the women aren't allowed to show any body. Any... So in order to feel like they can be a part of the community, they're selling fake toes. As soon as the unusual advertisement began circulating in Orthodox Jewish WhatsApp groups on Sunday, so did the debate. Could modesty toes actually be real? Appealing to Orthodox women who want to look great but conform to their community standards for conservative dress, the ad peddles high-quality and durable silicon toes that buyers can slip over their own, allowing them to wear sandals without having their own feet be seen. Now, they don't even know if that's a real ad or not, but it came out on WhatsApp. And if you want, you can go buy your fake toes so that you don't show your modesty in public, okay? <laughs> Okay, we got some news from Christianity. Uh, before I give that, I would like to read you something. There is a person, I'm not going to give you his name, but uh, he is in Pakistan. About uh, three or four months ago, this guy emailed me. He had questions about the Trinity, about the nature of God, about Jesus in particular. Uh, he was seeking, and I answered his questions, and he came to Christ. 
Okay, since then, he has led quite a few people in his neighborhood to Christ. At first, he was, and if you want, you can see them in our kitchen. His pictures are back there, and you can pray for he and his wife. But at first, he said, you know, we have a real problem here because we can't speak about our faith because if we do, we could be killed. And he has completely thrown that to the wind. He doesn't care any longer. He wants to tell people about Jesus. He's had converts. They're having studies in his home, and here's what he has done now. Please pray that God will help us do this Jesus movie. You all know the Jesus movie that's been circulated in almost every language on the planet. We want to buy this Jesus video in a $7 format. It's on YouTube, but they would like to be able to have it on a DVD and would need video equipment of TV to hire a generator and one day for rent for a place. In other words, they don't have electricity over there. So he wants to rent a place, he wants to get a generator, he wants to rent a TV, and he wants to play this movie for the community. We would invite about 40 people to attend this meeting and have opportunity to know Jesus. At the end, we would share refreshment to them to do fellowship together. This would cost us $396 in total to organize this Jesus movie meeting. We believe this will be a great movie to show the people. Yes, we would need video equipment to do this meeting. There is no electricity in the villages and no video equipment, so we would need a generator too. He is asking that somebody would do this. If anybody wants to do that, you send me an email and say, I will put the money in, or if five people send email and one says 100, when we get to $396, I'll tell the next email, we got all we need. So if somebody in the church wants to fill that out, then I won't even accept any emails. I'll just respond and say, this need is met, and thank you for trying. But if you want to do this, it's $396 is what they're asking for. If we don't get any support on that, I will pay it at the end of the month. But I want to give people a chance to help these people that are willing to actually put their lives on the line in their community to tell about Jesus. So there you go. Um, the email is much longer. He's enthused about these things. They're just on fire for the Lord. But um, I just gave you what I can without, uh, you know, getting them in any further trouble with their government and the situation over there. Okay, from the Temple Institute. Now, I'm going to read you some articles, just titles. Everybody every year gets excited about the red heifer. I've been hearing this now for years and years and years. And people seem to forget. They forget, Okay. Next year, it's the same thing. I get 4,000 emails on the red heifer, okay? So I'm going to read you just some emails about this. I want you to know that there is no requirement to have a red heifer to start the sacrifices for the temple. This is something that they are telling you so that they can get you to send them money to the Temple Institute, okay? Secondly, the red heifer is fulfilled in Christ. If you don't know what the symbolism of the red heifer is, I want you to go and watch the sermon that we did on the red heifer from the book of numbers it's very clear it is never mentioned again any time in scripture only this time this is mentioned in that and then it's never mentioned again obviously telling you that it is typology it has nothing to do with what they're saying in israel right now trying to get you to send them your money okay so i'm just going to give you some titles on this and then you can think about it temple institute from september of this year Red heifers arrive in Israel. Oh, boy. Okay, so we've got these, and now we need to support them, and this is going to get us into the end times, and blah, 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 and they want you to send them money. Big donate thing on their Temple Institute website. Israel 365. Christians weigh in on the relevance of the red heifer. 
Okay, the actual article is from All Israel News, Joel Rosenberg. He did a good job of it. He's very clear. The red heifer is no longer something that is needed in Israel. Uh, If you want to read his article, All Israel News, red heifer, good job. Okay, Joel Rosenberg. He did just a great write-up. It is something that was anticipating Christ typologically anticipating him. He didn't get into the details. If you want to understand the details, and they're very, very important details, watch our sermon from the Superior Word on the Red Heifer. From All Israel News, does the arrival of five red heifers in Israel signal third temple end times? Temple Institute from 2014, red heifer born. Now, this has been going on, like I say, since I I remember 2005. I'm just, I went and did about a 30-second search, and just the first things that came up, I put them in here. Temple Institute, 2015, accomplishing the impossible, raising a perfect red heifer. Okay, so here you have every year about September, because it's the high holy days in Israel, red heifer news. And then when the Passover comes six months later, everybody's forgotten red heifer news. And then it repeats six months later, and it just keeps going on and on. New York Post, September 2018, prophecy fulfilled after red cow is born at Temple of Israel. So they've had one all along. Now they have four. The whole thing is just a scam, folks. An all-red heifer was born at the Temple of Israel on September 4th, fulfilling a biblical prophecy to reinstate purity to the world and the rebuilding of the Holy Temple, according to the Temple's YouTube announcement. And then from the Temple Institute, April 2019, Mazel Tov, two new red heifer candidates born to the Temple Institute. They just keep doing it. They just keep doing it, and people keep believing this stuff. So there you go. Temple Institute, August 2020. Red Heifer update, and then they give you their update. Here we go. Tampa Bay Times, 1999. Bring thee a red heifer. And they're talking about the red heifer and bringing it to Israel and all this stuff. This has been going on now for, what is that, 30 years or something like that, 25 years? Don't send me anything on the red heifer. Okay, it's not necessary. They have red heifers all over the world that would meet the criteria, but all of a sudden they say, this one has a spot or a defect in it. There's no defect in it. It's a red heifer, and they just come up with some little thing. Go ahead, you got something. If you send a donation to them, yeah. you'll get a shirt of the main chief rabbi with his picture on your shirt. Hey, I like that. Send them some money, and you'll get a picture with the main chief rabbi on your shirt. That's what I want. (laughs) Okay, Breitbart. Okay, so don't forget this in six months when this comes out again. Don't send me anything on the red heifer. Okay, Breitbart. Pope Francis, not fair to call China undemocratic. This is Pope Francis saying it's not fair to call China undemocratic. Okay, Pope Francis has rejected the label undemocratic to describe China's communist regime, insisting that the issue is too complex to allow for such characterizations. I cannot get on board with calling China undemocratic. I won't do that because it's such a complex country. Sure, there are things that seem undemocratic to us, and that is true. Labeling is difficult, and I'm not ready to do that since they are impressions. So I instead try to support the path of dialogue. Understanding China takes a century, and we do not live for a century. So this is how he gets away with not admitting that they're communists. It takes one minute to read about a country and decide whether it's a communist country or not. That's all it takes. You can even do it on Wikipedia, which isn't even trustworthy. Okay, the Chinese mentality is a rich mentality. And when it gets a little sick, it loses its richness. It is capable of making mistakes. And and this guy just says things and he goes on, he rambles. I had to cut this way down, but I'll give you a couple more sentences. 
asked specifically about the arrest and upcoming trial of Cardinal Joseph Zen. He was a Catholic bishop, right? The former bishop of Hong Kong. And if this constitutes a violation of religious freedom, the Pope demurred. Cardinal Zen will go on, go to trial these days, I think. And he says what he feels, and you can see that there are some limitations there. So that's his answer on this guy that got arrested. All he cares about is money for the Vatican and power. That's all that guy cares about. Next article, Breitbart. Now, he just said that China, you can't tell if it's really undemocratic or not. Here you go. China has hired hundreds, if not thousands, to censor religion online. Experts testified before Congress that the Communist Party of China, that's what they call themselves, has extensively expanded its digital capabilities to censor and effectively erase religion on the Internet. But the Pope can't tell if they're undemocratic or not. The latest step in a process of enforcing communism through the eradication of faith that the regime refers to as sinicization. Sin comes from the name of Ham's son or grandson, Sin. He descends from Canaan, and then you have Sin. The Sinites moved to where China is today. They are sons of Ham, okay? The people in China are from the line of Ham. You've got Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They are Hamites, okay? And so they're still using the same name from 4,000-some years ago, saying that we are from the line of sin, okay? So, sinicization, as Chinese officials describe it, is a process to force religions to conform to Chinese culture. The Chinese government does not consider Chinese culture separate from communist ideology. And so, in practice, sinicization has largely meant forcing religious leaders to promote communist propaganda and replace their faith with worship of Xi Jinping, in some cases, CCP authorities have forced Christians and Buddhists to replace religious symbols in their homes with photos of Xi. The panelists at the hearing, titled Control of Religion in China Through Digital Authoritarianism, noted the implementation this year of a law that effectively outlaws all religious content online. Even members of the five legal religions in the country, the Chinese Catholic Church, the three self-patriotic Protestant Church, the Chinese Islam, Chinese Taoism, and state-controlled Buddhism require a specific government license to post any religious content online, including videos of services or addresses from the clergy. State repression, they added, was more severe against groups considered an elevated threat to communism, such as Tibetan Buddhists or Muslims in occupied East Turkestan, where China is currently engaging in genocide against indigenous people. It also affects, they added, the faithful abroad, as Beijing has endeavored to cut ties between those within its borders and believers in the free world. But the Pope can't tell you that they're undemocratic. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today, from Zero Hedge, Sweden. Four in five refugees have vacationed in the country they fled from. The survey found that 79% of people who arrived in Sweden as refugees, supposedly fleeing war or persecution, have returned to their home country since arriving in Sweden. They do not wish, however, to return home permanently. When asked whether they plan to permanently return to their country of birth in the future, just 2% said they will do so. 
And that's after their kids graduate college for free and they get their retirement stipends and then they can move back and continue to get Sweden money. Okay, so while 16% said maybe, which means no, the migrants are able to slip in and out of Sweden because there's no punishment for doing so. Unlike in countries like Switzerland and Germany, where refugees who return to their home countries without permission face losing their asylum status. If someone, a Syrian refugee, for example, regularly vacations in Syria, he cannot honestly claim to be persecuted in Syria, said then German Interior Minister Seehofer in 2019. The results of the survey once again highlight how the vast majority of so-called refugees aren't refugees at all. They're economic migrants exploiting the emotional cash of the term refugee to abuse the system and in doing so harming the interests of actual refugees. Over the last 20 years, Sweden has taken in more refugees per capita than any other Western country, a process which has seen Sweden go from being one of the safest countries in all of Europe to the second most dangerous. The employment rate for migrants is four times higher than native Swedes, with some migrant-heavy areas seeing jobless levels as high as 78%. From the Jerusalem Post, Russia, Turkey, Iran, China showcase growing ties at CONFAB. Sounds like an alliance mentioned in the Bible. The Shanghai Corporation Organization showcased the rise of China, Russia, Turkey, and Iran as an emerging block of countries, while the SCO is ostensibly a group of states that includes most of the countries of Central Asia, the role of Turkey and Iran this year was of greater importance than in the past. Turkish social media was full of posts showing Turkey's president meeting Russia's leader, as well as speaking with other authoritarian leaders at the SCO summit in Uzbekistan. Meanwhile, Chinese President Xi Jinping urged SCO member states to keep the SCO on the right course, deepen cooperation in various fields, and continue to foster a favorable environment for the development and rejuvenation of member states. The Chinese leader stressed the need for states to work towards security and stability. He spoke after clashes had taken place between Azerbaijan and Armenia, as well as Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, and as Russia continues its war in the Ukraine. It appears that this chaos could undermine China's push for economic success. China cares about its Belt and Road Initiative and other national development strategies, and new conflicts would undermine China's agenda. However, it's clear that other members of the SCO and dialogue partners of the forum, such as Turkey, are pushing for more influence and they will use conflict to get what they want. China, meanwhile, pays lip service to support harmonious coexistence and mutual learning between different countries, nations, and cultures. From Fox News, Elon Musk says Starlink will seek exemptions to sanctions on Iran. He's been doing this for the past week or so. Starlink, which Musk said is now active on all seven continents, works by connecting thousands of satellites in low Earth orbit with user terminals on the ground. If you've ever seen the dot of stars up above your head, that is one of his spaceships dropping them out in order. And they come out and it looks like a, a string of diamonds in the sky, just like an old James Bond movie or something. And then they go out, they disperse over the world 
And so this is what he's developed. Internet monitor NetBlocks reported that there was a telecommunications blackout in parts of the Kurdistan province in Iran amid widespread protests over the death of a Kurdish-Iranian woman in police custody last week. Iran's morality police arrested Masa Amini, 22, on September 14th and allegedly accused her of failing to properly wear her hijab. She fell into a coma while being detained and died three days later. She just happened to fall into a coma. No, actually, she was beaten to death. Aside from internal disruptions, there are also tight restrictions on social media and other content in Iran. Starlink has set up service in disaster and emergency situations in the past. SpaceX sent a shipment of Starlink user terminals to Ukraine in February, just days after Russia invaded, causing disruptions to internet service there. Starlink also sent user terminals to the South Pacific Islands in Tonga earlier this year after a volcano erupted and cut off the island's internet. So Elon Musk is getting the internet to the entire world one disaster at a time. And he is a guy that believes in free speech, at least at this point in his thinking. He wants there to be total free speech. So we'll see if he sticks with that. Now something interesting from Mongolia. From BillyGram.org. This is later last week, but it's very important. More than 2,000 Mongolians say, I am choosing Jesus. Yes, more than 17,000 people attended the two-night festival of joy in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia's capital. Of those, more than 2,000 made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. But guess what? 18,000 people watched the festival online. So if it's the same number, you're going to have about 2,200 more or about 4,000 to 5,000 people that have called on Christ. Thank goodness. Whether you like him or not, is irrelevant. He's telling people about Jesus. What are you doing today? Are you telling anybody about Jesus? Because we're supposed to. If you are a saved believer in Jesus Christ, it is your job to tell people about Jesus. Time is short. You've got family that will die apart from Christ. You've got friends that will die apart from Christ. You went to the restaurant and you didn't give out a track. That girl may never come to know Christ. All you need to do is just get some tracks and hand them out. Talk about Jesus. He's the hope that people have in this world, and without him, they have no hope. Please call on Jesus, and please tell people to call on Jesus. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. Zero Hedge, U.S. military introduces exoskeleton suit for soldiers. Now, this is not one that we talked about in the past. This is a really, really cool little thing. The U.S. Army is about to receive a lightweight, unpowered exoskeleton suit called the Soldier Assistive Bionic Exosuit for Resupply. They always have an acronym. It is SABER, which can increase the strength and endurance of soldiers. SABER weighs just three pounds and is a harness that soldiers strap around their shoulders and legs. All a soldier has to do is activate the suit by pressing a button on the left shoulder. When activated, the exoskeleton suit reduces stress on soldiers' backs by more than 100 pounds while lifting all sorts of heavy items, such as ammo boxes, artillery rounds, and 50 caliber machine guns. Testing showed that most soldiers had a 60, 60% increase in endurance while wearing the suit. 
Researchers at Vanderbilt designed Sabre and worked with soldiers in the 101st Airborne Division to test exoskeleton suits in heavy lifting field scenarios. The exosuit addresses the need to reduce injury and fatigue, which are critical to combat readiness. We didn't try to create Iron Man, a complex, full-body, rigid, unrealistic suit. Instead, we started by understanding soldiers' needs to develop a lightweight, low-profile, non-powered wearable tool that helps provide much-needed assistance without slowing soldiers down or interfering with other operational tasks. Sabre received high marks after 90% of soldiers who wear the suits after operational field testing said that they would perform their duties much better. And I guarantee you this, that will be out in the public domain within a couple of years and people will be buying them and you'll be able to do work around your house that you've never been able to do before. Great stuff. Yes. If it's non-powered, why do you have to turn it on? I don't know. I, 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 they didn't answer that, and I wondered exactly the same thing. But they said it's non-powered, so it may be that it's like uh, got some. I don't know. It tightens up or something. I don't know. Solar power. Solar power. Yeah, it's solar power. There you go. Well, then it's never going to work. Okay. Um, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues. The Book of Revelation prophesies of from remix. Okay. Now there talking about something in this particular article and they never seem to find out any reason why it's happening. They just, they just give you this information and they kind of let you dangle. Now they did give a couple of possible scenarios, but I could, and I'm not going to read those. They were at the end of the article, but I'm, I could tell you that they were not realistic. Okay. Mysterious increase in deaths across Europe. European countries are currently experiencing an unusually high death rate, and coronavirus deaths are not the direct reason for this increase. Known as excess mortality, people are dying at an unusually high rate in the Netherlands, Germany, Spain, Portugal, and Great Britain. Since April, the death rate has risen sharply in Europe by an average of 11%. What is puzzling experts is that these deaths are not directly related to the coronavirus pandemic. In the Netherlands, according to D. Volkskrant, one of the top newspapers in the country, hundreds of people more are dying every week than usual. This means that since the spring, approximately 5,000 more deaths are being recorded compared to the period before coronavirus. Scientists are puzzled by the reason, but Dutch health agencies refuse to release data behind the cause of deaths due to what the agencies say is related to privacy concerns. However, excess deaths are even worse elsewhere, with De Welt newspaper reporting that Spain registered almost 10,000 more deaths than in the same month of 2019. While in Germany, the climbing death rate was not as dramatic, but still a matter of concern. In Great Britain, up to 1,000 more people are dying every week than the average in previous years. As for Germany, 85,285 people died in July alone, which represents a 12% increase compared to the average number of in July for the years 2018 through 2021. In one week of July, deaths were over 24% higher. However, scientists and statisticians in Germany also cannot ascribe a reason behind the rapid increase in deaths as data behind the deaths is not available to the public. Now, I will say this. What's that? I have a theory. I have a theory, too. I'll tell you what they said as well. It could be that people weren't diagnosed for things like um, uh, cancer and heart disease and all that. What's the problem with that? That was their answer at the end of this. 
because, treatment, they're going to die even quicker. Right. Not only that, but if they died of cancer or heart disease, then they know why they died. And so it would be listed under the reason why. These are, they don't know the reason or they're hiding the reason. That's what it is. There you go. Okay, Gateway Pundit. Shocking new study reveals COVID-19 vaccine causes organ rejection among transplant recipients. So if you've had a shot, you will reject an organ. Okay, from Virutron, data leak reveals disturbing facts about mRNA instability. Okay, from the Gateway Pundit, the new normal, kids myocarditis awareness commercial is running in New York. Little kids being told you might have myocarditis, but they're not telling them why they might have it. It's just the new normal. From CNN, Biden, the pandemic is over. Mission accomplished. See above. In other words, my comment means see the article, the first one I read you. They've got the people injected. The people are keeling over. They're reducing the population. Mission accomplished. Mail online. New York City fires another 850 teachers and teaching aides after they failed to get the COVID vaccine by September 5th deadline, bringing to a total of 1,950 terminated by Department of Education since the vaccine mandate took effect. That means that they have now, and if you're a teacher in New York and you're watching this, this does not apply to you, but they have now gotten rid of the best of the best of their teachers, and they have the swamp left. That is what that means. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. Mail Online. L.A. school district is slammed for posting woke video that says calling junk food bad is racist and promotes new concept of food neutrality that claims diet culture is based on oppression. Diet culture is based on oppression. Now, we, have, we still have some ding-dongs in back from last week, so go in there, okay? I know ding-dongs are racist, but have them anyway. Hey, they're black and white. They are black and white. That makes them double racist, okay? Okay, from the Washington Examiner, Biden's Title IX rule change would redefine pregnancy to include abortion. Pregnancy now means abortion. The Biden admin wants to redefine pregnancy to include childbirth lactation and termination of pregnancy, that is, abortion. The admin's three-pronged definition makes a notable departure from the previous ones. Now women are protected from discrimination if they get an abortion. This means that with a doctor's note, women receive medical leave from class or a sports team to recover. You go out and you have an abortion, you now cannot say, well, that was your choice and we're not going to cover that. That's what that means. Pregnancy to the Biden admin means abortion. That's what it means. From the Washington Free Beacon, nation's largest public university hit with class action suit over race-based hiring practices. The largest public university in the United States is reserving faculty positions based on race and making six-figure bonuses available exclusively to minorities. Programs that are now the subject of a class action lawsuit As part of a new initiative to attract faculty of color, Texas A&M set aside $2 million in July to be spent on bonuses for hires from underrepresented minority groups. 
The max bonus is $100,000 and eligible minority groups are defined by the university to include African-Americans, Hispanic Latino Americans, Native Americans, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians. I'm sorry, you don't qualify because you're from Japan, okay? Another program at the university, and you guys definitely don't qualify. Okay, you might as well just forget it. Another program at the university's Mays Business School reserves certain slots on the faculty for the same minority groups. If you are white, you cannot get those bonuses and you cannot apply for those jobs. That is discrimination. That is. This needs to end, and they're going to try with this lawsuit. This needs to end. Breitbart. Atlantic op-ed claims separating sports by sex doesn't make sense. Yeah, from the griot. Here it is. Syphilis cases highest since 1948. HIV jumped 16% last year. CD says the situation is out of control. They caused the situation, and then they say it's out of control, and now they, we need them to fix the situation. This is exa- Thomas Sowell did a great five-minuter on this. I watched it yesterday or two days ago, where he says the left always does this. They introduce something saying we have a problem when there's never been a problem, and then the problem goes out of control, and they say, well, you can't blame the solution that we gave. That's too myopic of an interpretation. And then they go out and they say, now we have to fix this greater problem. This is always the way that the left works, always. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. Breitbart. Whistleblower alleges FBI schemed to distort January 6 cases into nationwide domestic violence extremism epidemic. Okay? You want to know who is the enemy in this nation? A whistleblower has accused the FBI's Washington field office of using cases related to the January 6 U.S. Capitol riot to overstate the threat of domestic violence extremism in America. The whistleblower alleged the FBI office did not follow standard investigative practices for the January 6 cases when it moved the cases to various local field offices around the country based on where the subject cases were from. January 6 cases should all be officially led by the WFO and categorized as WFO cases, but instead a task force dispatched instructions to open January 6 investigations to local field offices. Okay, they did it nationwide. Those local offices received the cases, making it look as if they were conducting the investigations on the cases when, in reality, the WFO continued to conduct the bulk of the work. The manipulative case file practice creates false and misleading crime statistics. Instead of hundreds of investigations stemming from a single black swan incident at the Capitol, FBI and DOJ officials point to significant increases in domestic violence extremism and terrorism around the United States. Everything happened in one place. It's supposed to be handled in that one office, and instead they farmed it out over the whole nation saying we have cases everywhere. When it was one incident that actually was started by them in the first place. Such an artificial categorization scheme allows FBI leadership to misleadingly point to significant increases in DVD threats nationwide, which supports a narrative being perpetuated by the Biden admin. The whistleblower also alleged that January 6 cases were inappropriately taking priority over other cases, citing an instance of being told that 
child sexual abuse material investigations were no longer an FBI priority and should be referred to local law enforcement agencies. Who is the enemy? From Fox News, Biden admin sides against Native Americans in crackdown on oil leasing near indigenous sites. The rule which the Department of Interior announced in November 2021 would implement a 20-year moratorium on federal oil and gas leasing within a 10-mile radius of the Chaco Culture National Historical Park located in northwest New Mexico. Now, this is Indian land, and they are not going to allow them to profit off of this because they have an agenda. Okay, Interior Secretary Holland said the rule, which would amount to a withdrawal of 336 thousand acres of public lands from mineral leasing would protect the environment and other cultural legacy of the region. We're not destroying anything. We are Native Americans ourselves. Nobody is destroying the park. A Navajo Native citizen who owns allotted land in the greater Chaco region told Fox News Digital in an interview. The oil companies sure aren't destroying the park and they have new technology. It just seems like they are listening more to the environmentalist people which is exactly what they're doing. And they're not even really listening to them. Yeah. They are just making money off of this. Yeah, billions and billions too. and billions of dollars. What's that? Keeps them poor Keep, yeah, keeps the Indians poor. Yeah. Keeps them on the government dole. Okay, from ADNAA America. Venezuelan ex-convicts, paramilitary organizing cells in the U.S., says exiled Chavez officer. For the past four weeks, retired Venezuelan lieutenant and political exile Jose Antonio Colina Pulida said he has been alerting U.S. authorities that he has been receiving information that Nicolas Maduro is releasing convicted criminals on the condition that they would emigrate from the country to the United States. According to CBP, between October 2021 and July 2022, more than 130 thousand Venezuelan migrants have had encounters at the border with immigration agents after illegally crossing into the United States. Rumors are circulating among Venezuelans in exile who are concerned about the arrival of Venezuelan paramilitary groups who are penetrating the southwest U.S. border. According to Kalina, migrants cross the jungle, they tend to interact, and many of them have told others they were released from prison to come to the United States and that they were released under this condition. I also have info that when these people arrive, they don't come disorganized. They come with a unit commander or a block commander who gives them instructions. It's not something that takes place spontaneously or that they organize on the road. There are groups that come established, and when they are sent to states like Washington or New York, they are regrouping as a structure or a cell within a certain order, so that this is not something that comes spontaneously or from people who found one another in the jungle and decided to agree. He also expressed concerns about the security of Venezuelan exiles, whom he expects might begin to receive death threats soon as the retired military officer does not dismiss the possibility that some of these convicts are members of the Venezuelan intelligence services. They tried to do it in the past, so I have no doubt that they will do the same now. In Kalina's opinion, part of the exodus is due to a planned movement by Maduro to create chaos or a negative opinion matrix around the Venezuelan exile community like the one created in Colombia or Chile. 
Now, we've got the FBI of the United States of America worrying about white supremacy, a false narrative when we've got this going on in our nation, and they're turning a blind eye to it. From Just the News, Representative Nels says Homeland Security confirmed Venezuela sends violent criminals to the United States. DHS confirms that Venezuela empties prisons and sends violent criminals to our southern border. President Trump warned us about this years ago. President Trump has said on several occasions that foreign countries are emptying their prisons into the United States, and this is exactly what I have been warning about. We are being exploited at Biden's chaotic, purposeful border policy by all of our adversaries. AP, U.S. officials, border crossings soar among Venezuelans. So you have two confirmations of the first article. Who said it? Nothing is so permanent as a temporary government program. (laughs) Milton Friedman. That guy. Okay, I got a lesser cure for you. Actually, I think this is a Catholic. I can't remember, but I think it's a Catholic. You can't claim a danger to life if you visit your home without strife. You just moved away to gather some pay and cause danger with your deadly knife. Remember the article about them going back, the uh, people in Sweden? That's what she's talking about. Okay, we got a little bit of irony and we'll be done. Two, actually. Gateway Pundit. CNN medical analyst, and I have no sympathy on this person at all, but the poor kid. CNN medical analyst who wanted to ban the unvaccinated from society and force children to mask now reveals how masking has severely harmed her son. From the post-millennial. Okay, you probably saw this. If you didn't, this is truly ironic. Everybody know what Beyond Meat is? Beyond Meat is vegetarian. Beyond Meat COO bites off tip of man's nose after a road rage incident. (laughs) He said it was delicious. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG report for the week.